Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is The HR Mentor. If you are a regular listener or you follow me on social media, you know that one of my strong beliefs is that building solid relationships is absolutely essential to a successful and fulfilling HR career. When I look back over my 20 plus years as an HR professional, I can honestly say that 99.9% of my success and happiness with my career has come from building strong, positive relationships. I'm totally serious. My knowledge, my technical skills, and my ability to problem solve, write, present, etc. are all super important. But when it comes to success and fulfillment, all the credit goes to relationships. In my newsletter this week, I talked about being prepared and taking stock of your career. And I share a personal story of how I was restructured out of my last corporate role. Although it was a devastating time for me, I really give all the credit for my bounce back and launch into the world of self-employment to my professional relationships. My colleagues not only supported me because many of them became close friends, but it was also colleagues that reached out and offered me new and exciting opportunities. And through those opportunities, I have built other solid relationships that have not only resulted in amazing work opportunities, but also new friendships and mutually beneficial relationships. Let me share an example of how this worked for me. During my time with one employer, I worked with a few different consultants, and one of these consultants was looking to scale back their practice at the exact time that I left my last corporate job. I had a good relationship with them, and because we had mutual respect, they offered me the clients they wanted to move away from, stop working with. These were not clients that were doing a lot of work with the consultant at the time, so it was a fairly easy transition. One of those clients, though, was the president of a small family-run business. At our introductory handover meeting, we discovered the client needed a pretty sensitive project completed right out of the gate. Over the course of completing that project for them, I worked hard to build a trusting relationship with the president and his management team. I got to know him, his staff, his family, and I took time to learn about the people who were working within the organization. But I also got to know the president and his leaders as people. I learned what their pain points were and what I could do to help them overcome them. Over the years, we've worked together many times. They're actually one of the few HR consulting clients that I still agree to work with. Why? Because I like working with them. We have mutual trust, and I think the president knows that I have his and the organization's best interests at heart. And I was able to prove that by building solid relationships that extend beyond my skills and capabilities. At the end of the day, people want to work with people they know and trust. And the only way to build that trust is through relationships. Yes, it's really important to do good work. And I think I do. But in order to be really successful in this profession, we also have to be human. Sometimes I think that's lacking in so many organizations and sadly in so many HR departments, which really makes no sense because it's in our title. 
And what's worse is that it's often the HR professionals who lack this human perspective, and then they wonder why people don't want to work with them or hate HR. Showing interest and genuine care for other people goes a long way. But being interested in others in a sincere way and really caring is what's needed. I don't just build relationships to get ahead in my career, and I'm not suggesting you do that either. But I do it because it feels good, and I generally like people. Plus, I know that in order to do my job well, I need to know what the real issues are. And that means getting to know people, the humans doing the work. Without that understanding, how can I possibly come up with real solutions? Today, I want to share with you five things that you can do, regardless of where you are in the org chart, to help you become a better relationship builder. Because let's be honest, work is way more fun if you get to do it with people you like and respect. And the only way to like and respect people is to build relationships with them. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. Hopefully, I've already convinced you that relationship building is an important skill for your HR career. But if I haven't, I encourage you to listen to a few other episodes of the HR Mentor where I talk about this. In my last episode where I interviewed David Trawin, CIO of the City of Kamloops, David and I talk about building trust through relationships as an essential skill for HR professionals. David says that what he expects of HR professionals is for them to tell leaders what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And the way to be able to do that with credibility is to build trust through relationships. You can hear more about what David has to say about this in episode 32. I also have a couple of season one episodes where I talk about relationships to support your career and how to build trust with leaders. Be sure to check out episodes 8 and 16 for more info. Okay, let's get into this in more detail. There are five things that I believe you can do today to help you build better relationships. They are, number one, become more self-aware. Number two, be interested rather than interesting. Number three, look for ways to collaborate. Number four, take initiative. And number five, be a positive force. Let's talk about each one in more detail. Let's start with becoming more self-aware. For those of you that are regular listeners, first of all, thank you. Second of all, this one will come as no surprise since I often have you start any skill development with self-reflection and self-understanding. But it's so important to know how you come across to other people and Honestly, I have watched people who lack self-awareness interact with new people in organizations and literally flop on the spot because they aren't aware of the impression they're leaving with their words, the stories they tell, or their demeanor. Sometimes I stand there and think, oh, please stop talking, please stop talking, don't say that. You can see the person they're talking to cringe and pull back and look uncomfortable, but they just keep going. 
because they're either so absorbed in their own story or whatever they're projecting that they can't see it, or they just lack the ability to read the room. Whatever it is, it's pretty uncomfortable to watch. So avoid tanking that first impression by becoming more self-aware. How do you do this? Well, to begin with, I would be really clear on what your strengths and weaknesses are, and in particular, what they are in relationships. Are you great at remembering people's names? Perfect. Using names and pronouncing them correctly is super important to establishing trust and a connection with people. Make sure you leverage that. Are you not great at telling jokes? Or when you're nervous, do you tend to ramble? Good to know. Make sure you have one or two funny anecdotes that are work-relevant and, of course, appropriate that you can share with people you meet. Maybe a story about how you came to work in the organization that you're in. Don't worry so much about trying to be funny if you're not naturally drawn to humor or you're not good at delivering it. Some people are great at this, but for others, it just doesn't work. Don't try and go against the grain or be someone you're not. Again, leverage your strengths. And if you do attempt humor, it should always be at your own expense, not someone else's, even if it's someone who isn't in the room or the organization. That tends to leave a pretty bad impression. But maybe you're really sweet and caring, or you have an interesting past. Perhaps you've lived in another country, and you have an interesting story about the differences between that country and Canada, or even different cities. The important thing is not what your strengths are, but that you know what they are and how you can leverage them in relationships. Equally important is to know your weaknesses. For example, I'm a very open person, a storyteller, and I can be sometimes really chatty. These are great skills for relationship building, but they can work to my detriment if I'm not careful. Too much personal information early on can make people wary. Sharing irrelevant stories may be seen as bragging or oversharing, and talking too much can also put people off. You have to learn to read the room and the person you're talking to. If you tell a story and you notice people looking away, looking uncomfortable or not engaging, maybe it's time to stop talking and ask a question. You also have to remember that these are work relationships, and even though they can morph into friendships, you're not there yet. So keep your stories, anecdotes, and the information you're sharing appropriate to that setting. It doesn't mean you can't share personal details or ask personal questions of people, but tread carefully and be respectful. That's something that I've had to learn over time. Once you have taken some time to be more aware of who you are and how you come across in relationships, remember to be interested rather than be interesting. This is my second piece of advice, and it's really about flipping the focus from you to the person you're trying to build a relationship with. Getting to know people or meeting them for the first time has a bit of a flow. There should be an equal amount of sharing and asking questions. But if you're trying to build relationships with managers or leaders in your organization, you want the focus to be on those leaders who they are, what their experience has been, and what they need right now. This means you may do less sharing and more learning and listening. And that's okay. 
It's also really important to building trust, as well as getting to the heart of how you can help the organization be successful. One of the best ways to do this is to ask questions. Now, again, the type of questions do matter. Yes, again, it's okay to ask some personal questions, but when I say personal, I would focus on their personal experiences in the organization, in their career, how they came to be where they are today, what do they like about the organization, their role, etc. I don't mean personal in the sense of how many kids, dogs, chickens, and ex-spouses do you have. Unless someone offers some information about their personal life and there's a natural segue into a question, leave it alone until you get to know them a bit better. You have no idea what's going on in their life and what can of worms you might open up. And some people are very private. They don't necessarily want to share details about their family with you. Again, that's something that I had to learn. Because I'm an open person, I think everybody's like that. You have to read the room and the person to know when it's okay to get a little more personal. So ask them some questions and listen for ways to build on the conversation when you're interacting. Now the balancing point here with being interested and not interesting is to avoid turning a first meeting or interaction into an interrogation or a job interview. Have a few questions in mind, but don't overdo it. Encourage more conversation by commenting on what the other person has told you already. Express when something is interesting, helpful, or exciting for you to learn. Yes, you can add a few connections to your own experience when they offer something, but be careful that you don't flip the script and make it all about you. I remember years ago when I worked as a skating coach, I worked with someone who was a one-upper, Not sure of the technical term. Perhaps she was a bit narcissistic as well, but it didn't seem to matter what you talked about. She had done it six times more and better. If you said you went to a certain country, she'd been there three times. If you tried a cool restaurant, she knew the head chef. If you liked a certain game, some family member probably invented it. I think most of her stories were probably BS, but beyond that... It was exhausting to have a conversation with her. So don't be a one-upper. Even if you have something to share, make sure you don't take over the conversation with long, drawn-out stories. The point is to get to know the other person. And if they're good at building relationships, which not everybody is, they will ask you questions about your experiences. Be prepared for this. Again, it's not meant to be an interrogation. Just don't take over the conversation or flip it towards you. The other important part of showing interest in the other person is that you're open-minded towards their perspective. I can't stress this one enough. You might not agree with everything they tell you or their viewpoint, but reserve judgment and the urge to get into some hot debate about it. Adopt a perspective of curiosity when you're engaging with others and try not to overreact. Let's say you ask them a question about the organization and so far your perspective and interactions have been pretty positive. But the person you're talking to shares that they are feeling less than enthusiastic about their work right now. They might go on to a negative tirade about how the people they're working with are not doing their part, etc., etc., 
but avoid the urge to defend the organization. Instead, say something like, oh, interesting, that hasn't really been my experience so far, but I'm fairly new here. Can you share a bit more about why you feel that way? Or you could just avoid the question altogether if you don't want to go there. And maybe they will share more and maybe they won't. The important thing is that you don't become defensive or argue with their perspective. At the end of the day, whatever their perspective is, exists. So there's no point in you arguing with it. And if you're new to this relationship, I guarantee you're not changing their mind in this conversation. If you do find the conversation becoming too negative or uncomfortable, for example, let's say they start bashing other people, try to change the subject. Or you can always just end the conversation. The point is, you should always take the high road. Unless the person is being, of course, disparaging or disrespectful, in which case you don't need to tolerate that under any circumstance, you can simply say that and move on. But I think you'll find that that's an extreme, not the norm, but be prepared for it if you do encounter it. So make sure that you're not being defensive, you're being open-minded about other people's perspectives, and that you're being interested rather than interesting. Now, beyond being self-aware and interested, the third thing you can do to build good relationships is to look for ways to collaborate with other people. If you want to build relationships in your organization or an association or at a school you're attending, one of the best ways to do this is to work with other people. There are so many ways to approach this, and it's such a good strategy for building relationships. It can open your eyes to other parts of the organization and new perspectives that are probably going to help you do your best work. Look, I am a super independent person, and I am someone that finds it really hard to ask for help in any area of my life. But every time I do, it makes me better, and it helps me produce better work. Yes, sometimes it can slow things down, but sometimes that's necessary. Go back to my first suggestion on strengths and weaknesses and look at your weaknesses. Now consider how other people in your organization or your class can fill that gap for you. For me in particular, this is anything related to coordinating, executing, and detailed accounting work. Yes, I can do it, but I hate it and I'm not great at any of it. But when it comes to big picture ideas, visioning, planning, and looking at larger systems, I'm your person. So if I have a project that requires some of that more detailed executing, I like to reach out to people that can help. This has not only helped me do better work, but it's allowed me to get to know a lot of other people in the organizations I work in. Another way to find ways to collaborate is to engage with employee resource groups, social committees, or any kind of planning groups. Read your organization's newsletter or listservs and see what's going on that you can get involved with. If you're a runner like me and there's a company team for a local charity run, sign up and participate as part of the group rather than attending on your own. If there's an ask for volunteers to help with a charity event, sign up and help out. Lots of organizations give recognition or support for volunteer activities. 
One place I worked created hampers for families at Christmas time. A lot of organizations do this. So I bought a gift to contribute, and then I volunteered on the gift wrapping day. It was so much fun, and I got to meet people I wouldn't have worked with otherwise. There are so many ways to collaborate outside of your day-to-day work if you look for them. Now, a final way you can collaborate and build relationships is to look for ways to help other people with their works. Perhaps you see a coworker struggling with an Excel spreadsheet and you happen to have pretty good Excel skills. It might not be your job, but taking a few minutes to show them some helpful tricks can establish trust with them and it gives you a chance to talk to them and get to know them better. And who knows, someday they may be able to help you with something, like a referral to another great role, a reference, or with a big project. The fourth element to building great relationships is to take the initiative. Yes, you may be an introvert and you may be shy, but you can do hard things outside of your comfort zone. I am, believe it or not, a shy person. I might be extroverted, but I have to work at approaching people I don't know, and it can make me really nervous. But if you remind yourself that ultimately what we fear about approaching people is rejection, and that the likelihood of someone you work with outright rejecting you for being friendly and making an effort to know them is so very low, you will find it easier to ease yourself into this. Don't be afraid to reach out to people you work with. Even CEOs or senior leaders when the opportunity presents itself. Most people in senior roles will value your initiative and see it as a positive quality. And remember, at the end of the day, they're just people like you and me. I've also found that most people in senior roles, even though they're super busy, love to talk about their experiences and what they've learned. And if you take the approach of being interested rather than interesting, you will definitely have more success. So the next time your organization offers up a chance to have lunch with the CEO or you see them in the coffee lineup, say hi, thank them for the opportunity to work for the organization and learn a little bit about them. You never know when that relationship will be helpful and create opportunities for you. My final piece of guidance on building solid relationships for your career success is to be a positive force. Regardless of who you're interacting with and what their approach, demeanor, and attitude is about their work or the organization or life in general, try to always take the high road and a positive approach to your communication. People like to be around people that make them feel good not people that go down the negative rabbit hole with them. They might think that at first, but negativity only creates more negativity. And if you show optimism and a positive attitude, that's probably what you're going to attract. Who knows, you might even help a really negative person see things in a new light. It doesn't mean you have to go over the top and fake being positive, but try to see things from an optimistic perspective. And bring that to your relationships and interactions. Seeing the absolute worst in everything is a choice. Yes, we can look around us each day and find a bunch of things we would like to see changed. But we can do the same for things we love and appreciate. About our work, the people around us, and our experiences. 
I promise that if you take the latter perspective, people will gravitate towards you and want to help you on your journey. Okay, let's summarize. Relationships are super important to your career success and satisfaction, and it's up to you to build solid relationships on an ongoing basis. No one can do this for you. My five pieces of guidance to help you create lasting, meaningful, and helpful work relationships are, number one, become more self-aware. Number two, be interested rather than interesting. Number three, look for ways to collaborate. Number four, take initiative. And number five, be a positive force. I know this can be a scary part of your career development, especially if you're shy and introverted. But like any skill or ability you develop over time, you can become a great relationship builder. Just take it one interaction at a time. Thank you so much for listening and for being a part of the HR Mentor community. If you loved this episode, check out my back episodes at www.unicorngroup.ca forward slash podcast. There you're going to find show notes, helpful links, and lots of resources to help you on your career journey. And if you're not already a subscriber to the HR Mentor, please click that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And if you're feeling the love for this relationship between you and I, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and a comment. I might even read it on a future show. I'm always so very grateful for the support you give. You may also want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, where I share even more tips and suggestions for career success. You can find the form to subscribe on the homepage of my website, www.unicorngroup.com. As always, thank you so much for your time. Bye for now.